It's time to get valiant and stay valiant. What's up, dudes? What's up, man? Just so stoked to be here for the big one seven seven, you know. Yeah. What it's all about. <laughs> That's right. It's not as cool as one sixty nine, but it's close. <laughs> what is though, really? You know. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever top the greatness that was episode one sixty nine. Maybe if we can get to like two sixty nine, because two sixty nine <laughs> would be good. <laughs> It's double. I love it. So, it's a fantastic Valiant week with tons of Valiant news. I mean, things are ha- hitting all over the place. Uh, what do you guys think we'll about those news? Yeah. Yeah, how are we going to fit it all in? Oh, man, just push. <laughs> no, just I'm, push. I'm just glad that we got a book this week, honestly. I mean, let's be real. Oh, yeah, and a good one, too. That, Two know, weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Back-to-back yeah. weeks. Back-to-back comic book weeks. That's... Oh. Dude, and honestly, the... since the pandemic hit, Valiant is the only comic book company that has kept me engaged. Um, and it's about all I'm reading anymore. So if I don't get Valiant books, there's not really anything else I'm looking forward to at, at the moment. So, um, yeah, it sucks when there is no Valiant books. So glad that we got them two weeks in a row and that we – have something to talk about. You know, I actually really don't collect too much outside of Valiant. So because of the pandemic, I've actually had to add books just to have a, a decent amount of books in my, my pull list at the comic shop. So Makes sense. If, if Valiant would just put out more books, I'll actually buy less books of other publishers. Right. Like, so <laughs> it's it, it, it is true. I mean, I started going crazy. I don't know if you guys could kind of see down here more books. I had to add shelves below and everything now, too. Um, I just got the uh library editions of the Sandman, so it's a uh, oh, wow. lack of this lack of new books is me to go back and make sure I collect all the old ones. So I just Bad. bought the library editions of. Um, Black Hammer volumes one and two, but and, I uh, the, well, I mean, the like, world of Black Hammer is coming out soon too. The the so the third hardcover. Yeah, I have that ordered. It Sweet. Up yet? But um, I feel like that doesn't really count. It's, it's Jeff Lemire, and I I've been reading Black Hammer for a long time. But uh, as far as like new stuff goes, like I added uh, Conan the Barbarian because I nice. I've got a, I've got a lot of old Conan, and this summer. I bought a number one because that's like, why not? The yeah. earliest issue, the earliest issue I ever had a Conan was like issue 13, which is the first appearance of Elric. who's like a fantasy character for those who don't know, not necessarily a Marvel character, but like he's a character that was created by Michael Moorcock, but he popped up in a, in a Conan book and I had it forever. And then I was like, I wish I had number one. And if you look sometimes for things that you really want, if you're really patient, sometimes you'll find a deal that's too good to pass up. That happened, so I bought a Conan one, and and I was like, I should just start reading the new Conan. So I've been reading it, and it's okay. You know, it's written by Jim Zub, who has one Valiant comic that he wrote. He wrote an issue of, of Shadow Man, but uh, I like his work. He writes a lot of D and D stuff and Pathfinder stuff, and I buy a lot of that stuff for me and my kids to play. Mm-hmm. So it was okay, not too bad, you know. Have you read the Jason Aaron Conan? 
I have the hardcover ordered. So I had bought the first issue and I really liked it, but I just don't buy a lot of stuff outside of Valiant. And I was really trying to like not buy too much stuff. But then I saw they made a hardcover or they solicited a hardcover. The hardcover is ordered that has all of Jason Aaron's stuff. Yeah. Um, that uh, Jason Aaron run was, oh, it was a thing of beauty. Um, almost as good as a Valiant comic. You know, nice. the thing that's really crazy about old Conan is Conan 1 is like one of Barry Windsor Smith's first books. Yeah. And he's like a good artist in the first issue, but like two years later, he's like God. He is incredible. <laughs> His art, as, a, as an artist, he grows so fast over two years. I mean, it's, I, I'm a huge fan. Obviously, if you're a Valiant fan who grew up in the 90s with Valiant, you like Barry Windsor Smith's art. You know, you, you know, you think about like stuff like Solar and, and Archer Armstrong. So to me, I'm just like a huge fan. But like to me, looking at the old books and just seeing how he grows, it's like, holy shit. Like in the first issue, he's good. Two years later, he's amazing. Just an amazing artist. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, he is a great, great artist. And that work on those early Conan books, you can see, like you said, you can see him growing um, hey, into so, the art hey, that he would become. So since we're talking about Conan for a minute, I know that you were doing a podcast about that. What happened with that? Uh, the site got shut down. And you just stopped? Pretty much. Oh. We need to get back on that horse. That was a really fun podcast to do. Conan's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Definitely but, uh, recommend Conan, including the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yes. the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is good. Jason Momoa was well cast, but that movie was not so great. Right. Um, yeah. I agree with that totally. But yeah. uh, they're they're doing a Netflix show. That's what I heard. Oh, that'll be great. So if any Valiant peeps are listening, Netflix show is the way to go. Um, <laughs> I would love like a, a Quantum and Woody Netflix show or like uh Ninjack Netflix show. Oh my god! Can or you anything that you've published, Netflix show. Yes, like animated series, Just Netflix show. Dude, get the people that are doing Castlevania to do a Rye animated series. Oh, or a Shadow Man. Come on. Either or way, anything. yeah. Anything. Um, speaking of great artists and books that come out uh, this week, uh, Rick Marinder and uh, Louis Larosa, the Scumbag Number One. Got to read that. The thing is, it's pretty damn funny, hilarious. Um, looks to be pretty interesting. Uh, La Rosa or Remender is having like a artist, a different artist on every issue. Um, I know like issue three has Eric Powell, um, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, there's a bu there's a bunch of different artists on it, so I think that's a that's a cool book to look at if you're looking for a new number one, kind of a new place to start. Something there's not many new number ones lately, so. Yeah. I, and and uh, I was going to say, um, that book, I haven't read it, but everywhere I've read, people really liked it. Yeah. People like Remender. So. Yep. He's pretty good, you know? Yeah. He, he'll, he'll break into comics one day. One day. <laughs> Someday. Maybe. Hopefully, maybe. hopefully someone likes his stuff enough to do something with it. Like Dude, that, that's like one of my like dream Harbinger uh, writers. Remender? Yeah. I don't yeah. think he'll ever – I don't think he'll ever do – not anymore. He, he won't ever. Work. Yeah, he won't ever do work for hire. He'll get to create her own here on out. It seems like so. Yeah, I I heard that they offered him the instead before Hickman they offered uh, X Men to him before to kind of curate X Men the way Hickman's doing. So 
Oof. Yeah. Well, anyway. My audio cut out, so I can't hear anything for a, se- a second. Can you can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can't read lips. Can, well can you hear me now? Um, oh. But, so, and also artist, one more thing on, on a good artist. Uh, Valiant Artist has a Kickstarter, a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Wynn. So yes. make sure, or Indiegogo, make sure you check that out. His Hammerella, so uh, show some support there. He's a couple, 10 days out, I think, and he's he's got a little bit to go, but show some support. Yeah, Ryan Wynn is a phenomenal artist. Yep. My audio just came back, so. Yeah, Ryan Wynn. Uh, are you guys talking about his Indiegogo? Yep. Yep. Check that out for sure. And then what? What did you have? What did you have coming up, Eric? I want to talk about Rye. Damn it! I didn't get it early enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was fast enough. <laughs> That's right. Rye number eight? eight. I believe it's Rye number eight. I haven't been paying attention to the numbers because the interiors are good enough. Uh, what's inside is good, and that's all that matters to me. Um, I got what's so off inside on that numbers. counts, guys. It's what's inside that counts. Says three ugly white dudes. Um, <laughs> um, it's what's inside that counts, kids. Oh, brother. Um, yeah. Um, Rye number eight. We are going to spoil it. As that spoiler alert warned you um we are going to spoil this book um so hopefully you've had a chance to read it before you are watching or listening to this um but uh man um i wasn't really sure how i felt about this issue as i was reading it like it's not that it's bad by any means but it's also not the best issue of this series and then that ending oh my god the ending really sucked me in so i I felt like i was kind of a little on the fence with this issue and then it ended so strong that I was, I just, it got me pumped. Now I'm trying to remember what the ending was. That's bad. The oh, ending Josh, looks like Josh fell off. Yeah. Josh is having some technical issues, unfortunately. Um, the ending was um, <clears throat> fusion uh, stealing, take like Rye is about to pull his sword out. And be like, you know, because Fusion says he's got the two offspring and he's a fusion of the two offspring. And Rai's about to pull his sword out. And then Fusion, like, you don't even see it happen. Just boom, he's got Rai's sword and he's standing over him. Like, don't make me get violent, basically. And, um, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, piece there. And uh, it, it's it's um, this positronic land that they're in this new little area that they're in uh to later figure out that the fusion you know what i mean is uh two of the offspring fused into one so that was yeah, that was pretty damn interesting yes yeah. i thought that was an interesting character choice like to create a character that is two of the offspring put together yeah i kind of thought that's what was going to happen with this once he once he appeared once rai and and Raijin stumbled upon him in the forest because it, it, the way that the story was kind of leading was like, oh, it sounds like they're almost right to it. They think they detect it. And then that dude just kind of popped up, you know. And it's kind of weird. It's, it's such a weird thing to, to like a lot. But the two-page spread of when they go to New Ur, I thought it was just such a cool-looking two-page spread. It was like uh, Ryan Company on one side and then, like, all these people just meeting and greeting them. Yeah. Uh, 
Just because I think a lot of times Juan Jose, Juan Jose Reeves art just he just does so much good stuff on the page, you know. So seeing him do a, a double page spread, even if it's not like a very action packed page, was really quite exciting. And uh, yeah, Fusion's really interesting, you know. Like I think it's great to have someone like that actually because so much of the book, and you can still argue this, is just it's always Rye against Father, and the offspring are part of Father. But it's also kind of nice just to see like someone who's maybe Rye's match so far at least, who uh, isn't just going to be a pushover for him, you know? Because Rye is just so powerful; he's the baddest dude in four thousand one or four thousand two, whatever year they're in right now. So it's just good to see someone who's maybe going to give him a little bit of a challenge. Oh, completely agree. You know, and uh, it looks like uh, Rye walked into the Warp Tour with Fusion with his big old gauge <laughs> ears and uh, side cut. Um, I'm not sure that's a 4002 cut, but um, it, it is. It, to have somebody with the equal power set where it's not just a, like an equal, you know, a, a, a lesser foe. Um, go back to, but I feel like Dan's had some decent um, villains in this so far. You, I go back to they issue number two with that house, right? With yeah. the that was pretty, pretty impressive, and then it's continued to be an interesting mindset. Um, of, of where of where this is going to go, How can this go another what two more issues? I think it's there's not a whole lot more left, and you know, and and then seeing where Lulu is, um, you know, basically trapped inside Bloodshot's body, seeing Bloodshot trying to hide from Bloodfather, and these sharks are in there, and it, it's it's weird to see what they're what they're trying to do uh, within that, and kind of I don't know. I guess I just don't know where that's playing out, and I can't foresee it just yet. So, yeah, I mean, they're gonna put Ray's consciousness or what's left of Ray's consciousness into another container of some sort um i'm really interested to see how that plays out and um, we learned we can do that the last issue of uh, bloodshot last week remember <laughs> yeah that's true that he can uh make a golem of himself yep um yeah i oh man what a there's so much going on in this book and that was part of what like you know when reading it the, reading it through it um it felt like there was a lot going on and that was one of the things that made me a little bit on the fence about it because it was not that it was tough to follow just that it felt so dense um and then it just had that super exciting ending but um yeah i there's a lot of little nuance in this that i really like one thing that stood out to me that i thought was interesting was um when they show up to new earth and alice is trying to talk to them and she's like yeah hey i'm alice how's it going and they just completely, completely ignore her. I thought that was interesting because they're like, you know, this is a positronic only city, and yeah. they basically don't like humans, or they they just shun humans. So they're treating Alice like she's nothing. Yeah, I did catch that too. I thought that was that was a a, a purpose approach. I mean, because when you go back to uh, you know New Japan, there was definitely that. Uh, that element with the positronics and the humans and especially after, you know, fallen world, when it crashed, the things that happened there and just how, how, uh, you know, the positronic kids and everybody were kind of, uh, I don't know. They were just more, mainly just tools, right. For, for the humans. And yeah. so that's kind of 
what's seen with that consciousness that they have. And um, yeah, and it's impressive. And they talk about how impressive it was that they built that city so quickly um, and just the realm that they took it. So yeah. It's, it, it's, I wonder what these rise are. I keep wondering what more of these rise offsprings are because I know that they talked a lot about the offsprings and how they were built for different purposes at different times, right? Uh, Raijin was a builder rye. Um, then there was the warrior rise. Then there was the peace rise. It was just, it's kind of, and then you have the rye that we have, the current rye that we have is more along the lines of like melded into a lot of that. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see like, I don't think they'll explain it, but what were these rise use, uses during Father when he made them? Yeah. You talking about offspring? Yeah. Oh, the offspring are just like segmented pieces of Father's consciousness so that he could rebuild himself if ever he was crashed. Well, that's what he's trying to do is get them to get those, those pieces back, but uh, when all the offsprings were made, they had a specific kind of tool that they were used for. Or kind of like direction that he wanted them to be in. Yeah, like so like what he's saying is like how like Raijin originally he was brought in as like more of a peacekeeper between like the positrons and the humans. Right. And then like uh forget what the female Rai was, but yeah, her she had a different approach, and then that brought in like yeah. right the other yeah. And we got a Bodo in there. Don't forget a Bodo. Oh my I god! I think Bodo was just like judge, jury, executioner. Right? Like was- <laughs> right, exactly. He was just the fist, right? He was just yeah. the sword, right? Yeah. And so that was kind of when they is to kind of fuse the sword with the piece, right? And to have a little bit of both. You know, you know, the thought that I was actually left with after this issue was it seems like if we look at like where Rai goes on Earth, destruction follows. So like in issues four and five, when they go across that little community where they have like a piece of the offspring inside their machinery, you know, and then they get attacked while Rai and Rai Jin are there. And I'm just when I was reading this one, it's like, wow, these, these positrons and you can make an argument that they've suffered greatly in like the year 4001 you know under father and uh, how humans just hated them and used them for target practice and things like that and they finally find their own community they're led by a guy who's two pieces two offspring and my thought was damn like how much like trouble is gonna follow rye going there how much like how like how much are those guys gonna be behind fusion or how much is it, of it is it that they're just like unwilling participants? And is their whole life just going to come crashing down because Rai is on this mission? Yeah, I mean, like the big thing, like you said, is everywhere he goes, it's destruction. Like, yeah, people die. Lots of them. Yeah. A lot of times at his hand. <laughs> I know, it looks like, and looking at, like, the preview pages that were coming up, it looks like little Raijin's gonna maybe get, gonna suffer a little bit, too, you know? It looks like somebody was messing with him. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with Fusion. Um, you know, uh, oh, one of the things that I was gonna say about, you know, them making Fusion rise equal or potentially even better than Rai 
is we've spent this entire time showing just how untouchable Rai is. You know, all of those pages that we've gotten where Rai is like standing, just staring straight forward, but at the same, like he's moving so fast that he's all over the page. And, um, you know, we've seen so much of that that now having a character like that has been built up so well that it's enormously impactful to have a new character suddenly be as powerful or more powerful than Rai. And um, I think that was really, really well done. I think that's a testament to great writing um, because it didn't feel like it was building to that. But now that that's happened, it makes perfect sense. And it and it's just so well executed. So I'm definitely a big fan of the way that that was done. Yeah, so... I mean, like the book's kind of going in like a, a pretty fun direction. I think um, I'm, I'm. I just hope that this book finds its readers. You know, like I think we're at that spot where, you know, if the sales aren't huge or a little bit better, I would say within the next issue or two, we're probably looking at just a twelve issue series, which is just a shame. This is the best book Valiant does, and I think if the fans can't get behind this. That's that's pretty disappointing, you know. And I don't know what the reasoning is. If it's just a case of pandemic, or we still don't like new leadership at the company, like what the deals might be there, you know. But I don't know what else you would you could ask for in a Rye book. I mean, it's just a great comic book. I I, I mean, issue two was one of the best books of last year. Full stop. Like yeah. it was just that good. Well, and ever since Dan jumped on, you know what I mean? Because I've just been on a Rye kick, reading from Rye 1 to 4001, going into Fallen World, and it goes through pretty darn smooth, you know, when you read through it. Um, I, I I can't see much to see a knockoff, a drop-off from going, like I say, last two weeks reading all of them, and there's not, like, much of a drop-off at all. If any, you know, it just, it, it transitions really smooth. Um, and it's one, Rye is one of the books. I mean, with 2012, really, there has not been really a bad Rye arc, period. Well, I think one of the big things to take away from that is, you know, Valiant fans have spent so much time saying they want that continuity. They want new books to respect what's come before, um, you know, and they want it to feel seamless Rye is that book, right? Like maybe you could make an argument about some of the other books being a little bit um, further separated from creative team to creative team. Whereas Rye, I mean, it was just a straight line through from Matt Kent into Dan Abnett's run. Um, And that's a testament to Dan Abnett's writing. That's a testament to the editorial team that put it together. Um, And, uh, I just think that this book, it checks all the boxes. It's new, it's fresh, it's interesting, but it also is a complete, um, it's in every way, it's a follow-up to what came before it um, without being a slave to what came before it. It's it's so well-drawn, it's so well-written, the characters are there, the characters are consistent and um, interesting and dynamic. We're getting um, old characters following the path that Matt Kent put them on, like um, Lula becoming Spylock. And we've got new characters that feel like they fit perfectly into the mythos. 
I don't know what else you could really ask for from this book, honestly. Yeah, totally agree with every point made. Yep. So I don't know how to score this. Um, I don't think I can score it like ridiculously high. Um, the art is absolutely phenomenal. I don't think that you could really do anything better. I think that the team that we've got here with Dollhouse doing the colors and um, <clears throat> uh, Rape doing the interiors, it, there's nothing to complain about. It's just phenomenal. Um, the writing is super, super solid. Like I said, there are moments that I uh, feel like they've been sneakily building up to, and there's that big payoff, you know, with the, the ending of this issue showing a character as strong or stronger than Rye. Um, I'm really, really interested to see where the bloodshot storyline goes. I think that's a really interesting use of Spylock and the technology aspect there. Um, yeah, this is just a really good book. Um, I can't go with a five or anything, I don't think, um, because I did kind of feel on the fence as I was reading it. So I'm going to go with a 4.5. Still a super high score, phenomenal book. Probably the best book that Valiant has put out in a long time. I think um, the only thing up there with it was Dr. Tomorrow. And, and that's, and I'm saying that while there's an enormously good bloodshot run going on. So that's saying a lot for me. Yeah. You know, I mean like the only thing that I would penalize this book for is just the fact that it's not a real action packed story. You know, we're at that part right. where we get a lot of explanation. We're, we're at the calm before the storm. So to me, I would probably give it just a four out of five, you know, and not because of anything necessarily wrong with it. It's just, it's just one of those issues where there's just not a lot going on, but it's getting that buildup ready for the next couple issues. So great issue, um, you know, and I mean, I, I just think reading this book, how do you not get excited for what's next to come with it? Well, you yeah. just get excited. That's what you do. Yeah. I'm going to split your guys' difference and, you know, everything you guys said, 4.25. Um it's a phenomenal read. It's like I say, continuing to be a uh, build on Rye itself and um, whatever Dan Abnett's doing. I hope he continues to do it with Valiant. I know we've talked about it for a while and um, that's kind of the way I feel. Um, I hope we get more uh, Juan Jose Rip. Um, I know we're getting Dollhouse, which is great. And um, I just hope that that kind of continues and we do get to see more and uh, we get to see Rye is left in a good spot for future stories to continue to come. Because I um, I know, like Josh has said this a million times, is we need to keep something in that 4,000 time frame um, active and going. And I, I completely agree with it because it is a completely moldable universe uh, at that point. And if you're wanting to do these things where you're kind of sticking with continuity to a degree but able to – move out you have this room in 4001 um or 4002 whatever you want to call it um i think that's kind of a, a huge benefit that valiant has and i hope they kind of use that if somebody has these weird stories to tell jump over here but keep it within you know with war mother and you know turn a warrior and rye and Ryzen and have a uh, have something more to come there so yeah i mean i'd read a spylock book right oh yeah yeah, that would be all right. That'd be a fun animated series <laughs> on Netflix. Yes, it would be. Uh, I, I think a lot of stuff, they, if they did an animated series based in New Japan, um, that would be cool. It, that's kind of the one thing that kind of stinks 
is it same to like New Japan, right? It was only 12 issues of New Japan. Like I wish we could have had more time within New Japan. Um, I, I, I see that as probably one of the biggest downfalls of Rai is that they didn't stick around in that that little that world enough within there. So, well, if the book continued, you never know how much of that's still left, of, you know, along the earth. Different completely places. agree. Lots of sectors probably just rocketed off and landed in various places. Yeah, There's here's what I was talking about earlier about the different rise and different sections. When they're talking about sometimes it was for peace and hope, sometimes it was a god, sometimes a warrior, and sometimes it was a servant to inspire greater thought and dialogue, right? Just talking about like looks like one of them is actually philosophizing to the, everybody in the stands or whatever. So kind of different pieces of, of the rise, which I think would be kind of cool to see some of those traits come off in the offsprings. Just bring back a Bodo. Don't even care. As much as that should stay dead, he can he can come back. Yep. Let's just go get a Naboto miniseries or something. Like, just give us more well, of him. That guy was yeah. the shit. You know, I, I mean, in my mind, he had to have lived for years, so there's just tons of story potential, you know. But he was, That's what I'm saying. Like, we, you know, I, I make that comment a lot. He was just a great character for, like, the one issue that he was in, or one or two issues. Yeah, like uh, But two. he was just so interesting. He had a great look, and he was so focused and determined. And I mean, and he was just gnarly violent. So I just think there's so much story potential there. Didn't he kind of remind you of Shadow Man to a degree too? Just at his quick look. Man, I don't know. I mean, like I felt like he like was like um, he was almost like a Sith Lord times ten. I was just gonna say he was like Darth Rye. Right. He was, yeah, he was like he was like something like that, but like turned up like Spinal Tap Eleven. He was just so crazy and cool. Yes. He looks like he does have like lightsabers coming out. Like I say, he remind like right there. He reminds me of like a <coughs> dead-eyed Moon Knight. Oh yeah, and you know what? I with that image, I see what you're saying with the Shadow Man reference. Like his face is so shadowed around it. He does kind of have that look in the face of like a Shadow Man. Oh, he's just so cool. Yeah, Aboto is the shit, man. I. Like you said, I mean, he had to have lived for years. There's totally tons of potential for him to be, you know, to be explored. Oh, oh yeah. I know you could just tell like so many cool stories about things that are in New Japan with him. Yeah. Are those the Kafu pages? Yes. Yeah. I got to go back and read that again. Oh, dude, that's so sweet. It looks like Whiplash right there. Like he's got like some Whiplash stuff. Nice. <laughs> Total badass. Yep. Yeah, Oda was the shit. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't know. This is... Oh, Rye is awesome, right? And there's so much potential there. And I remember thinking like um, one of the things Fallen World did so well was to show that there is this entire world. Now, obviously, since Fallen World has become Rye, it's focused a lot more, you know, um, narrowly on Rye because it's a Rye book and it should um, with some other storylines going on in the background but <clears throat> but um, Fallen World showed just how expansive a story in the 4002 universe can be so 
whether it's Dan Abnett continuing to play in the sandbox or another creative team coming in, I would love to see this continue. Um, what about a 4002 Eternal Warrior? Yeah, dude. I would totally read that book. Um, him teaming up with War Mother. Yeah, I mean, um, like, he, he's still kicking around out there, you know? Well, um, um, Scott was saying in the comments, in the in the live chat, um, you know, 4002 Unity. And to oh, me, yeah. like, if you had... If you had um, Capshaw meet up with Neela and Ankh and they time traveled to 4002 and then put together a team, you could have the most badass Unity story. Like, it would be so awesome. I, um, I would argue you don't even need them because I think already if you have Rai and Raijin, Galad, and then Warmother, they're almost like their own version of, of what Unity would be in the year 4002, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, if only they would have just thrown that out there. If they would have just made a reference, how cool that would have been. But uh, yeah, I yeah that would be cool. You know, um, ah, it's just it's a good book. I just hope people read it. You know, yeah. And I just definitely want people to read this book, and uh, hopefully that means that we get more. You know, and it's really impressive that with the fact that we've had two different writers do ongoing runs with it, it's one of the most consistent characters that Valiant's done. So. I mean, it's almost up there with like how much Dice Art did with Psyos in the universe between three books. Um, Rye is kind of like its own thing, even though it's had multiple creators. It's just so consistent. There's a lot of quality there. I feel like there's just people missing out right now on not reading this book. Don't miss out, people. Yeah, no. stop missing out. Don't miss out. Get yeah. Valiant. Get Valiant. <laughs> yes. Get all of Valiant. Take it all. 177. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, so I mean, we just really had the book. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of news or anything, but um, glad you know, we at least we had a book this week. <laughs> yeah. We might have to start doing an episode with trade paperbacks just to like have an episode. Well, that's why the hero of the week was so great. It gave us an excuse to go back and read a bunch of stuff and we had stuff to talk about. Yeah. Because it looks like when we look at the next couple days, what do we got? What do we got? November 4th. November 4th, Quantum and Woody. You know, on November 4th, maybe we'll all be ready to get back to laughing, and uh, we can have an episode about Quantum and Woody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Or maybe that was an interesting trade. We could cling together, okay, guys? <laughs> right number nine, so we don't have long to wait for 11-11. Blood Veterans Shot, Day. The, book three on the 18th, then XO, Psylord. Psylord's complete series, trade paperback. I don't know. Oh, that's I, pretty cool. That's I kept cool. saying I think that would be better as a trade, so I might have to read that one through. Yeah. Um, did you guys read the preview pages for XO number two? I, I stopped because I just read uh, Rise tonight, right before the episode, so I didn't read the second issue yet. Did you not read the one that was sent to us? No, I have not read XO number two. Oh. <coughs> um, so I just read the preview pages in the back of Rye. Damn. Not only does it look amazing, it just seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So maybe I should go back and read XO two since we got that a while ago. Yeah, recommended. Go read. Um, and then, yeah, Rye 10 in December. Um Exo Manowar uh, at Christmas. 
Oh. Rye book number two, January 20th. Is that the only thing coming out in January? Uh, just the other solicits haven't been released for January. Oh, that's, believe, right, so. that's right. We're still in October. Okay. Should be uh, tomorrow, probably, actually. Oh, what, Valiant? Why didn't you send that to us? Now you look like a bunch of fools. Yep. We could have had something else to talk about. But there's that Faith keychain. I think it's hot. Or There's three little, little pendants on it. You could put one on your backpack, one on your keychain, and then one on your lanyard or something. So the bloodshot keychain looks pretty cool. Yeah, the bloodshot one looks cool. I have a I have a bloodshot keychain. It was um, I got it from Jody Hauser. She used to make like keychains. that's right. That's right. Well, I have a I have a faith one and I have a bloodshot one. Yeah. Well, awesome. it might be a it might be a right one actually that I have. It's just the chest. The, the circle with the lines, but it's like old school looking. I guess and like Rye Retribution. You mean Exo Manoir Retribution? Exo, yes. Thank you. Oh, the that hand. You saw that you saw that hand here first. That's true. That is the hand that you saw here first. Yep. So yep. that hand, my original thought when he was like, Oh, I'm gonna show you something. <coughs> and I thought it was gonna be Harbinger. And then he showed it to us, and I was like, oh, maybe that's not Harbinger. It was totally Harbinger. Yep. It would have been better if they would have had one of those canisters. Not the hand, but it's like the canister. Because I think then people would have been like, what? Like, what the hell is that? I guess they were, they were the same with the hand. But the, the canisters that are in there would have been even better. Like, a what the F, you know? <laughs> Excuse me. Not, not COVID. Mm. Wear a mask. Hope. I hope uh, not. Not COVID. So I, I know, uh, Eric, you need to be careful up in Minnesota. You uh, you kids in the Midwest are just going crazy out there. You know, yeah, all the states around us. Trying to play around with each other before the snow gets there. So. Oh, it's too late. It's already snowy here. Oh, that's why I don't live there. Yeah, they got a cold front, man, just blowing through there. Oh, yesterday we had a record-setting snowstorm, and tomorrow we've got a bigger one. Lucky. <laughs> Josh likes big ones. I do like big ones. Big snowstorms, too. True story. <laughs> big 178 coming in a couple weeks. The big 178. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We'll maybe have to do one about the Quantum and Woody trade just so we have stuff to talk about, and then uh, I mean, I'm okay. forward to the next books that come out. I mean, it was different yeah. when there was a lot of stuff coming out, and I don't want to make you guys feel like you have to do episodes on material that we've already discussed. But it might be fun to do ones based upon the trade paperbacks or deluxe editions. You know, I think that we've got to do one when Dr. Tomorrow trade comes out because that is just too good not to take an opportunity to read the whole thing and really sit down and talk about it as a contained yeah. full story. Maybe. Yeah. We, we should see if we can't get, like, the editor on Quantum and Woody to come on and talk about something that's coming in the future and what's happened in the past. Might be fun. Maybe we need to get Woody on. Woody, Woody's always fun. Yeah. We could do Woody again. Yeah, get, he, uh, J-Rob is awesome. I, I think the world of that dude, and he is just about the most positive guy in, that I know of, at least, like, on my, my, in my little world of comics. So I always think it's just great to have him around to talk to Sure, if we asked him, he'd do it. I mean, it is get valiant. Come on. Uh, yeah. Come on. It's it's a quantum and woody thing. 
you know. Right? And he's a good dude. So, I don't know. Not We're not going to twist anyone's arm yet. We haven't even done anything like that yet. Yeah. So, so Sean's asking what... Son of a bitch. <laughs> Had to do it one time. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sean is asking what's going on with Shadow Man. Um... It had a uh, release date for this year. Now they barely mention it. Um, Cullen Bunn's been going around doing interviews, talking about Shadow Man and stuff. So I know that it's still on the radar. Um, still definitely planning to be released. It's just a matter of when it's going to be. And I know it was originally going to be 2020, but you know, with uh, they haven't said that it was a 2020 release since the pandemic hit. So I'm pretty confident it'll be 2021. And it'll just be a matter of where it falls in the schedule because I'm sure they're going to want to slowly roll out the new books. And we've got, <coughs> excuse me, we've got um, Visitor to Finish. We've got uh, Savage, Shadow Man, Final Witness, Exo Manowar to come back. Um, Harbinger and Ninjack. Harbinger and Ninjack. Um, you know, there's been talk of an Archer and Armstrong book. But just look Potential at that page. Point. You can't wait for it, man. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. Um, but it's just a waiting game at this point, unfortunately. And if we knew when it was coming, uh, we would definitely tell you. Yes, yes, we would. I mean, they're talking a lot about, uh, you know, XO with Dennis Holloman and um, – Maybe we'll get some more. Looks like they have a question out there now. Which superhero did you want to grow up when you were a kid? Doesn't say when you're a kid, but which superhero did you want to grow up? Did you want to be growing up? Oh, there you go. It helps if I work, work on my dyslexia there. But, yeah. That's super relevant know. to this conversation. Which superhero would you want to be? Like now or when I was a kid? Growing uh, up? Both. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Leonardo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> oh, I, I would have been Michelangelo because he, you know. Oh, see, I wanted to be the, the serious one with the sword. Of course you did. Nunchucks are the coolest weapon, though, man. Come on. Yeah. We'll have to agree to disagree on that. Um, <laughs> now okay. I want to be Bloodshot. Nanites, that would be amazing. You know, like. My answer would probably be the same now as it would have been when I was a kid. Um, I've, I've always been a huge Fantastic Four fan. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Ben Grimm. He is the man. He is just like tough character, you know, made of stone, but he's like a, a warm and lovable person, like inside. And uh, you know, he's probably still like my favorite character in comics. So like, I'd run. I'd want to be Ben Grimm. That's cool. Well, he's got the. He's got the best. Catchphrase of anyone, anyway. So, definitely him. It's, it's probably second best catchphrase. What's the better than that, Clang? <laughs> well, I would have Boom. to say if you go back, because one of one of the first things that got me into any comics geek culture was went to a con as a kid and got to meet Adam West. And so, '66 Batman with Batman, Batman. And, and and just. You know, just all of his lines, him and Batman and Robin did there. Those were some great corny pieces of junk lines. I loved the <laughs> heck out of them. Um, but yeah, I, I have to find that picture there. I, I think I have like this Batman, you know, old shirt meeting Adam West. Loved it. Um, but I think right now, if I had to be 
a comic book character current today, I would want to be Armstrong. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I mean, yeah. That, that, that's Pretty it. Good. That's, that's I'd want to be Armstrong. No doubt. I can't blame you for that one. You know, my, my second choice would have been uh, Batman because he probably doesn't pay any taxes. <laughs> oh, Batman. He's, fr- he's friends with the uh, – yes, not going there. Yeah. <laughs> so get valiant. Glad to have you folks with us. Connection to the world. Thank you for showing up. Um, it's unfortunate that uh... – <coughs> Oh, Sean Hayes wants head exploding powers. Like on Who the doesn't? Board. Um, yeah. Don't you? I'd have be, been cool being Garfield, though. I mean, or not Garfield, uh, Alf. Alf. That Gar. The connection of the world said he would be. He would go ahead and be Garfield, so that's cool. But I, I think I Alf would have been fun. I like, I like lasagna too. Yep. But I know connection to the world was saying that um, the comic shops in his area are are shutting down due to uh, COVID stuff. So that really blows. Hopefully, you'll yes. be able to get back and uh, get your comics soon. And, and what Sean says, go watch the boy season two. Go watch some head exploding. I'm powder. halfway through it. No I haven't started it. season two yet. I watched oh, season one, but I haven't. So good. You haven't I got to see Love Sausage yet. We're done so that I could just be like, okay, I can watch four episodes. Here did, did, you, did you see Love Sausage yet? No, I haven't. But what? I might not have been there yet, man. Oh, yeah. Well, he's. I, I'm not spoiling anything. You're going to see Love Sausage. Man, I know it is. It's terrible. I come up. <laughs> it comes up for sure. <laughs> I I always we gotta talk about this for a minute. I can't like. Uh, yeah, Eric. Sure Eric, be, watch I'm it sure all. We we need to talk. We need to have a boys episode. A who do the boys episode? And let's just talk about the boys. I'm sure they don't do the character justice, but they also need to put Tech Knight in. Oh, they definitely do. I heard that they're going to talk about season three with Tech Knight. Tech and, Knight uh, is the greatest thing. Like, <laughs> if you've so never wrong. read The Boys and, like, you understand what The Boys is, the second arc, Tech oh. Knight, is amazing. He's it, so awesome. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe, actually, maybe that's the wrong terminology to use about him. No. Like, he might not be awesome, but it's the funniest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. you if you haven't read the comics, got to. But yeah, uh, they don't do Love Sausage justice, but I heard there's going to be more of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, if it makes you love society in the world when you think about that. <laughs> we have the same weakness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you just hear us laughing about it. You know you guys got to go all watch Sorry it. So. for that moment. But... <laughs> I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. Have you seen season one? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Better than the comics, easily. And I like the comics a lot, but it's so well done. Yeah. I mean, and and then they made it more current. They did some things to it. They adjusted it to where it makes sense, but it's still doing the comic book a lot of justice. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I got frustrated was listening to an interview of the lady who did the uh, costumes. And she was talking about how she designed um, Homelander's costume and the eagle on the shoulder. And I'm like, no, that was Derek Robinson. Yeah, Derek he put the eagle on the shoulder. You need to give the source material a little bit more credit. And I just got pissed um, because they weren't given the source the credit it was due. 
Well, that's a big thing with like even comics journalism where like everybody will talk about something and I'm sure when they talk about the boys, they'll be like, oh, that Garth Ennis series, the boys. And it's like, well, Garth and Derek Robertson. Yeah. You know, be fair. Yeah. But they do it all the time with stuff. Like if you can go and read about Paper Girls, the Brian K. Vaughn Cliff Chang book, like you don't hear about the artist, you just hear about Brian K. Vaughn. Right. I mean, but this was just the costume designer saying, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you stitched really well, but you know, that was put on pencil and paper by Derek. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got some black blocks coming out. So got to watch those Blumhouses that are on Amazon right now. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. Have you guys seen black box yet? I heard it's good. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I heard Black Box is amazing. Yeah, well, I don't know if I would go with a. It's really good. Oh, it's the movie, really movie good. too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my that god, we're so off the rails tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I heard. I heard. I heard. Blumhouse does a great job. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this whole thing up. Um, it's been great. We got to talk about Rye. Um, we had uh, Sean Hayes hanging out with us. Scott Bloom, as always, in the comments. Connection to the world. Thank you guys for showing up and chatting with us and uh, dealing with us going off the rails. Um, and uh, next time when we come back, we will be talking about some more Valiant, whether that's uh, the next Rye book or if we do an episode on the Quantum and Woody trade. We'll see. Um if that uh, if that does happen, um, but uh, thanks everybody for watching, for listening, for supporting us. Uh, make sure that if you do want to support us, you know, like, subscribe, hit the bell, um, and come and join us in the in the live chat when we do our live episodes. Um, and of course, as always, support Valiant. Um, they definitely, you know, if we want them to continue and to have more books on the shelves, we got to support them. Go to pre-order. pre-order those books. Make sure that you're pre-ordering the books so your shop knows that you want them and, the, and Valiant can put as many books out as possible. Um, we got to show the love to, to get to the point to, you know, get back to six books a month and hopefully get beyond that. So thanks again, everybody, for watching, for listening, for joining us in the chat, and uh, we will see you guys all next time. I'm Eric Baumgard. I'm Josh Rathbun. And I'm Hoosier. And you guys stay Valiant. <laughs>